You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, the book of Revelations says that uh, heaven is going to be made up of every tribe and every tongue. Amen. Amen. And so we believe dearly at the mission that um, that the church of Jesus Christ should be represented by every tribe and every tongue. And uh, and so it's my great joy, like Ricardo mentioned earlier, it's one of my greatest pleasures to um, to identify or help identify a gifting in someone and release them in it. And uh, and so today, my my friend Jesse Coda is going to bring the word to us this morning. So Jesse, come on up. Jesse has been such a blessing to our church um, just in the short time he's been here. He is one of easily one of the kindest, most positive guys that you will ever, ever meet. And uh, if you haven't met Jesse yet, I, 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 you will leave encouraged. I guarantee it. So, um, so would you welcome my brother, Jesse? Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Jason. Uh, thank you for your kind words, and uh, I'm already here very sentimental for many reasons. One of them is the obvious one. So our dear brother Ricardo is departing uh, Redlands, but not our family, not our church. And uh, so Pastor Jason asked me to give a quick introduction um, as to who we are, my wife, my children, myself. So we moved from the uh, Cathedral City area in the desert. Um, it's going to be two years ago in November. And when we moved, um, I was praying for God to move us where he wants us to move, to surrender ourselves to his will, because his will is always perfect. Um, we are so blinded, but we can only see 2020. I mean, I don't even see 2020, but we're so blinded by our physical world that we can't see beyond what God can see. And so even though sometimes it hurts um, to surround ourselves because that requires that we give our pride, that we give our desires um, and our goals, and we lay them down at the feet of Jesus so that he can do with us what he wants us to do or what he wants to do with us. Um, and so we moved from Cathedral City. Um, it's going to be two years. And it took a while to settle, to settle down. Um, so from November till March, that's when the, um, the Lord began to move me, like, hey, you need to find a community. You need to congregate. So I began to pray that I didn't want to go to just any church. Um, just, just to pretend to go on Sundays and sit down and then go home. Like, I, I asked the Lord to take my family, to take me to the church and the families that he had already planned for us, where we could grow um, in the Lord and where we could grow doing his will. And so um, one day, or it was one Sunday, I told uh, my wife, Sarah, um, I found this cool church in downtown, which is a couple blocks away from here. Um, 
I found it out. I, I found a church online, and uh, I think I'm going to go and check it out. So I asked my, my then four-year-old daughter, Jasmine, Jasmine, do you want to come with me um, to church? And she was like, yeah. I don't think she knew exactly what, what it was. But she says, like, yeah, let's, let's go, Dad. And so we were driving on from northern Redlands. We took left on Church Street and then uh, down to Infern. And on Fern, we turned right on Cajon. And as we were driving to this church, um, I saw the cross, and then I saw the signs outside for the mission. And my heart began to beat so fast that the Lord was telling me, like, pull down here, pull, pull over, pull over to the parking lot. And it was already 1045. And so I pull over to the parking lot, and I told Jasmine, like, oops, I think God changed the plans. I think God, God wants us to be here. And so I brought my daughter, and when I came in, I saw Daryl and Vicky. And, and they, they were so nice, and uh, they greeted us. And, uh, and then they offer us, like, this green thermos. And by the way, if it's your first time here, please ask for your green thermos. It's outside. <laughs> okay? That's a shameless plug-in, right? And then uh, when Vicky and Daryl offered us that green thermos, I was like, okay, so this, this is it. This is another sign that this is where the Lord wants us, right? And then uh, so we sat in the back, and the worship team was doing what they do. They were playing, bringing the presence of the Lord down to us. And so I just felt the presence of the Lord being so thick and, and just present all throughout. And the service was great that day. Uh, Jessica was leading. Um, Abby was singing too. And, and it was just, just so beautiful. And then after the worship, then Brian Bell was, was preaching. And I just said, God, God, everything went so well till now. You know? He says... <laughs> You know, it's like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It just, it just happened that I didn't know Mr. Brian Bell, Mr. Brian Bell, because he's the head of schools where Jasmine goes to school. I didn't know he came here, and I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. You know, I know, I know him, I, so at least I know one person in Redlands, because we didn't know anybody, right? And so, and then, so we've been touched by Pastor Jason after... Brian introduced me to Pastor Jason, and then Pastor Jason introduced me to everybody else in the church, to Ricardo, and my family and I have been so, so blessed to be part of this family. And when Pastor Jason says that we are not just a church, we're a family, he really means it, everybody means it, and it is true. It is definitely true, where you can just open up yourself and be vulnerable as you would with your parents, with your siblings, uh, with your um, spouse or significant other. That is, that is absolutely true. Um, and so I am very grateful. I've been really touched by your life, Ricardo, by your testimony. Um, I consider you a apostle Paul uh, for modern times. Um, um, especially if, you know, you also come from a Catholic background, you would understand, you would understand that. Um, I don't personally come from a Catholic background, but my family does. And we in the Hispanic culture, we still carry some of those traditions and some of that guilt that it's, it's just intrinsic in the culture because of so many centuries of just growing the Catholic Church and having a different theology. I'm not throwing the Catholic Church at all under the bus, um, but it's just a different way of seeing redemption and salvation. And, um, and so thank you, Ricardo. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you for being a, an apostle Paul of, of our four times. So, uh, so having said that, um, we're going to 
speak today about prayer and, and, and prayer to, through worship. Um, and if we have the, uh, the PowerPoint slides, that would, be, that would be nice. But if we don't, then that, that's great. We can just read along um, in our Bibles. So uh, before we, uh, we, we dig into the, uh, into the message, I would like to bow down your head with me and just pray to, to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, because you're always faithful in the midst of our tribulations, Lord, in the midst of our problems, when we feel surrounded by the enemy, Lord, on, on all sides, north, south, east, west, we're just surrounded and encircled by the enemy, Lord. Somehow you show up at the last minute, Lord, and you deliver us from our enemies, Lord. Whether those enemies, uh, it's, it's uh, sickness, illness, financial problems, Lord. Uh, when we have troubles in our relationships, you deliver us, Lord. And you always show up, Lord, and you're always faithful, Lord. So we thank you because you're always there with us, just a prayer away, Lord. And so I ask in the name of Jesus that if we don't, do not know how to pray, Lord, that you give us the right words or that you just speak to our spirit so we can pray whatever you want us to pray, Lord. So in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So, dear family, um, we're going through a prayer um, campaign, 24 days of prayer. And we are praying for a breakthrough, a breakthrough in our hearts, a breakthrough in our families, a breakthrough in our church, in our communities, in our cities, um, in our state, nation, and the whole, and the whole country, and the whole world. And sometimes we don't know how to pray. Um, but there are many forms of prayer, many, many forms. Some people pray in silence. Um, Ricardo t- taught us about this, some form of adoration in which we just, where we just contemplate the beauty and the wonders of the Lord. And so we just sit in awe of everything that he has done, of his power, his love, his might, the universe, nature, his creation. That's a form of prayer as well. Other people fast. Some, some, sometimes they don't have the words, but they feel that if they fast for maybe a day or maybe two days, the Lord will speak to them, and it is true. There is many forms of prayer. God speaks to us in many, many different ways. Uh, other times, we, we uh, pray through worship. So s- sometimes, if we don't know how to pray, we just put in your earphones, turn Spotify on, turn your playlist that you like, and start worshiping the Lord. And in those moments of worship is when he shows up, he speaks to your spirit, and he uh, pours himself down into your heart so you can pour yourself into others. Um, sometimes we just don't know how to pray, how to pray at all. But the Bible tell, says in Romans 8, 26 20, through 28, the following, verse 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us in harmony with the will of God. And we know that God causes everything to work together for for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose." So 
sometimes we just don't have words. We, we know that we have to pray. And when we open our mouths, sometimes words don't come out. And that's, that's more than okay. That's, that's when we just let the Holy Spirit speak through us. We just moan. We just sing. We just worship the Lord. We just cry out to Him. And in those moments is when we are speaking one-on-one with God. We are one. We have fused. Our spirit has fused with the Holy Spirit. And we have become one with Him, one in communion. So uh, as I was mentioning, the theme of our, of our message is prayer through worship. And then I have a subtitle. The subtitle is called Moving the Heart of God. So when we pray through worship, God shows himself and he manifests himself because we just move his heart. You know, Jesus says that if even ourselves who are humans, when our daughter or son asks us for bread, we don't give them stones. Now imagine our Heavenly Father. When we go to Him in prayer, in humility, when we just bow down to Him, imagine all the things that He has treasured for us, right? Because when we pray, we move the heart of God. And, uh, and I would like to base this message in Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 20. So uh, a little bit of historical context in Second Chronicles, we have King Jehoshaphat. So um, if, you, if you remembered, the, uh, before King Solomon, the, the, the United Monarchy of King David divided, split. The northern tribes seceded from Judah and Jerusalem, and they formed a new capital in, in Samaria. And so the, uh, the reason why it is split is because Solomon made, made a lot of mistakes. He... Uh, he overtaxed and levied a big burden on the entire nation of Israel so he could engage in these big infrastructure projects. One was the temple, and then he had other, other big projects. And so when King Solomon died and his, his son, uh, let me try to pronounce this properly, Rehoboam, his son Rehoboam was going to uh, be coronated and assume the throne. You know, he... Uh, the northern tribes came to him, and they asked him, your, your father Solomon was pretty tough on us. He levied a huge tax burden on us and made us, and made us overwork. We ask you that you take it nicely on us and just give us a little bit of leeway. And so King Rubulham went to the elders, and he asked for counsel. And the elders said, yes, you should, you should uh, release some of that burden and be nicer to them. But King Rubulham didn't listen to the elders, and so he went to, to the younger folks, the people he grew up with, and he asked them the same question. And his friends replied to him, no, if your father uh, whipped them, you should, you should punish them with scorpions. And so that's what he did. And so when King Rehoboam did that, the northern, the northern tribes seceded from the monarchy, and they formed a new, a new kingdom, the kingdom of Israel, with the uh, ten northern tribes. And then the kingdom of Judah and Benjamin had their capital in Jerusalem. And when Rehoboam was ready to go and, sub- and make these people submit back into the monarchy, God spoke to him and said, no, don't do it. Do not fight against your brothers because it has been my will. And so what we see here is that sometimes we see the will of God, and we may think that it works in a linear fashion, from A to B, from B to C, from C to D, 
But sometimes God makes U-turns and returns and circles and spirals. And, and it, is, it is honestly really, really hard, honestly, to, to discern the will of God. That's why we need to be in prayer constantly. Uh, because, you know, King Solomon, King Rehoboam, these men were indeed men. And, and the Messiah came through these people. When, when you read about their lives and how faulty and how flawed they were, and then you scratch your head, is really? I mean, these people are the forefathers of Jesus? It's like, yes. And they made, they made tons of mistakes. Uh, and all, if we keep reading all First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, we see, we see a pattern. The pattern that we see is that God wants us to depend on Him fully. There is nothing too trivial, too, uh, sorry, there's nothing too trivial for the Lord, nothing too small. God wants us to go to Him and consult Him for all of life decisions, whether it's what major we're going to take in college, whether it is where, where we're going to live, who am I going to marry, what job am I, am I going to take. God wants to be part of all your life circumstances and decisions. And sometimes we think like, oh, no, that's too trivial for God. That's my responsibility. And it is true. It is a responsibility to ask Him for guidance. <laughs> it, is, it is a responsibility to bring um, all our needs to the feet of Jesus so that His will may be done on us. And the thing is that we see here is that these kings, from King Solomon to King uh, Rehoboam to King Abijah to King Asa, and then we get to King Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20, what, the pattern that we see is that when these kings, when they were surrounded by their enemies, when they were desperate, they turned to the Lord. But only at that moment, anything else that was just day-to-day -day administration of the kingdom, day-to-day -day, uh, rules that they had to implement, they didn't ask the Lord for every single thing. And the Lord did, didn't like that. And the Lord... His, always told them, you should have come to me. You should have come to me with that circumstance, with that question. You should have asked for my counsel. But sometimes these kings, they, they were so proud, and, and they didn't want to humble themselves for trivial things that they left the Lord out. But the Lord doesn't want to, doesn't want to be left out of, of your circumstances. He wants to be part every second of your life, of every decision that you make, for His will is perfect, and we cannot see more than 2020. I can't even see 1515. <laughs> so, so as God wants us to depend on him, we, we see in Second Chronicles uh, a beautiful example when God shows up at the last minute and he changed the tide on, on our enemies. So Second, Second Chronicles 20 says the following. So we're talking about King Jehoshaphat, uh, three generations after King Solomon. Second Chronicles 21 says, After these, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at En Gedi. Verse 3, Jehoshaphat was terrified by these news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah 
came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah in Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. Imagine King Jehoshaphat being in front of the temple, this big square, big square where all the people of Jerusalem gathered there. He gathered all the people of Jerusalem. He came out of the temple and he started praying to the Lord. He, the king humbled himself before the Lord and before the people of Jerusalem. And he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. And they said, whenever we are faced with calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will rescue us from our enemies. So what was, go what was going on here is that Jerusalem, the capital, was being surrounded on, on, the, uh, on the north, on the, uh, on the east, and on the south by three kingdoms, the uh, Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Munites. And they had already crossed the Dead Sea. They were already at En Gedi, which is just like um, 25 miles away from, Jer from Jerusalem, southern of Jerusalem. And they were already gathered there, and the enemy was camping to go to Jerusalem and attack King Jehoshaphat and his army. And so King Jehoshaphat, had, he knew the fight was lost. He knew that in his resources, he couldn't fight it. So he turned to the Lord. He turned to God, and he's like, Lord, you gave us this land. This is our inheritance that you have given us. And now you're asking, or you are letting these three nations take it away from us? Then why in the world did you bring us from Egypt? So we could just lose everything here in this land that you have given us? And sometimes that's how we feel, right? Sometimes we feel that the Lord has moved us from place A to B, and then we feel surrounded by all these troubles and tribulations, and the storm is too big that we can't face it. And so sometimes we cry out to the Lord, God, Lord, you brought me this far for what? For me to perish here in the desert? And God is speaking to us, and he's like, no, I am going to deliver you. That's not your battle. That is my battle, says the Lord. And so we continue reading on chapter 20, verse 10. And now we see that the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You didn't let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So our ancestors went around them and did not destroy them. And King Jehoshaphat is talking to the Lord here. He's saying, like, Lord, we wanted to destroy these three nations but you told us not to, so we went around them, and now look at them. They are coming back to destroy us. And so we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for your help. And as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord when their little ones, with their little ones, with their wives, with their children, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon, upon one of the men standing there, his name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, a Levite. And he said, 
Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. Listen, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid and don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. And you will find them coming up through the end of the valley. But you will not even need to fight. You will not even need to fight. But what the Levite is saying right here is, be ready, prepared, take up your weapons, take up your sword, take up the word of God, be ready, tighten your belt, put on your armor, but you won't have to fight. Because the battle, the battle is mine. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, all people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground in a sign of humility. So sometimes... Kings, when they humble themselves before the Lord, they just lay themselves down on the floor, facing down in, in a form of a cross, more or less. And that's, this is what King Jehoshaphat did. He heard the word of God, and he humbled himself, and he accepted that it was not by the power of the King Jehoshaphat, but it was by the power of God that his army was going to be delivered. Not by your strength, not by your effort, but by the effort of that, of that who prays, of that one who prays, who already paid the price for you at the cross, right? We're not, we're not righteous. We're not justified by our works. It wasn't our effort that brought us to where we are now. It was the effort of Jesus, our big brother. He paid the price. He, he took the cross, so we didn't have to take it. In the same way, this is what's happening here. God is telling King Jehoshaphat, this is not your battle. It's mine. It's not your effort. It is not by your resources. It is by my resources. For the kingdom of heaven is mine. And God opens the windows of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of heaven. So all the resources pour down on us that we need for us to fulfill his will. And that's what God is saying to King Jehoshaphat right here. And then, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same as King Jehoshaphat. They began to worship the Lord. Then the Levites stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. So when we are in trouble, when we are desperate, when we are surrounded by your enemies and you don't know what to do, just shout out to the Lord. Cry out with your, your lungs and God will come to the rescue. In worship is, where, when he, is when he shows up. Verse 20, early the next morning, the army of, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. My dear brother and sister, when we are facing our battles, yes, it is the bravest men and women who are the front, at, the for, at the forefront. But before that is the worshipers, is the worship team. So thank you so much, worship team, for 
for being the modern-day Levites. It is true. It was, it was the job of the Levites, the descendants of Aaron, the ones who brought the presence of the Lord down in the tabernacle first, then in the temple. And in our day-to-day, it is the worship team. It is the worship leaders who pour their heart out to the Lord and bring the, the presence of the Holy Spirit through their songs, through their guitars, through their drums, through their keyboards, through their trumpets, through their guitar basses, even cajones, too. And, uh, and the Lord always shows up in worship. And sometimes the world, the world gets, I, I get sometimes angry with, when I was in college, I used to get angry with my friends, too, because uh, we had these arguments about the existence of God, and they always ask me, if, if God is all love, why does he want to be worshipped? Why, why does he demand worship from humans? And I'm like, it's not that he demands worship from me. It's, it was my purpose to worship. When I worship, I am the one who is blessed. When I worship to God, I am the one who benefits. Mm-hmm. Because we were created to worship. It is our purpose and it is our destiny to worship. Without worship, we are lost. If we don't worship God, if we don't consult him in our day-to-day we, we are lost. We just, we're just like the flowers in the field and the wind takes them from one place to another. And, and that's not who we are. For we are a new creation. For we've been bowed and redeemed with the blood of, of Christ. And so our purpose and our destiny is to be worshipers, is to be Levites also, along with, uh, with our worship leaders who do the great job in being at the forefront of the army. Right. So thank you. Thank you, worship team. And at verse 2022, and at that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. So first, Ammon, Ammon and Moab start fighting Mount Seir. And the Israelites are just watching them. It's like, what's going on here? I thought these three armies came to attack us, and now they're fighting among themselves. And so after the Ammonites and the Moabites defeated Mount Seir, then they turned against each other, right? So verse 23 says, The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir, and they killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the Lucar point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Verse 20, 25, And King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plundered, and they found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other goods, more than they could carry. And there was so much plunder that it took them three days to just collect it all. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing, even today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. And they marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets. And they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. And when all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace.
for his God had given him rest on every, on every side. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when we come to the Lord in humility, when we just surrender ourselves and our wills, our desires, our goals, I know it's really hard. We have passions, we have goals, and we don't know if they come from the Lord or if they come from our emotions or our human flesh. And my advice to you is find out. Just put it on, on the feet of Jesus. He will let you know if those passions come from him. Because we know this to be true. The Lord says, your desires are my desires. Come to me, and I will fulfill the desires of your heart. And as Ricardo was saying, the Christian life is not about changing behavior. It is about a transformation. So when we have been born again, we have been transformed by the power of Christ Sometimes we have these passions and desires, and sometimes they do come from the Lord. Sometimes our passions align with the passions of God. Sometimes we don't know why we're so passionate about something, and that's because the Holy Spirit put that passion in you. So how do we know? Come and worship God. Come to the feet of Jesus. Lay down your desires, your goals, your passions, your day-to-life activities. There is nothing too small, nothing too trivial for God. Don't, don't let yourself be surrounded by the enemy so you can come to the Lord. He will deliver you, but it would be better if we start from scratch. If we start from the beginning with the will of God ahead of the army and the Levites or the worshipers or us worship, even if it's Spotify, that's okay. <laughs> Worshiping before, before the army of the Lord. So let's bow down our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you because your will is so perfect. Your love is so kind and all present throughout, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you reveal your will to us in every aspect, in every dimension of our lives, Lord. There is nothing too small or nothing too trivial for you, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus for every brother and sister who is here this morning, everybody who is listening on the web, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you speak to their hearts, that when they don't know how to pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit pours, pours down on their hearts so that it is their spirit talking to your spirit in worship, Lord. Thank you, and in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.